0: Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen and I'm Caroline. So today we're talking about J.K. Starley, John Kemp Starley, who didn't invent the modern bicycle, but he certainly perfected designs that were evolving in the 19th century. And thanks to J.K. Starley, as I was on my way to the office today, Kristen, I saw a lady riding a bicycle and it was it was a nice bike. And she even had an ad on the side advertising massage services. I'm sure it was 100% legit, but she would not have likely been doing such a thing, riding the bike, I mean. If it were not for J.K. Starley. Right,
0: J.K. Starley's safety bike, as it was called, not only was an important chapter in transportation history, but also in women's history because of the freedom that it represented to women. I shall now quote Susan B. Anthony, an in a, in a often cited quote. Uh, I know we've used it in the podcast before on an episode we did a long time ago on women and bikes, but... Nevertheless, here it is again. Susan B. Anthony in 1896 said, I think it has done more to emancipate women than anything else in the world. It gives a woman a feeling of freedom and self-reliance. The moment that she takes her seat, she knows she can't get into harm unless she gets off of her bicycle. And away she goes. A picture of the free, untrammeled womanhood. And she's talking specifically
1: about this safety bicycle. Right. Not the bikes that had been popular before this, which were then called Ordinaries after the Safety Rovers came out. The previous bikes, which were the hilarious ones we think of in ye olden times that had the ginormous front wheel and the tiny back wheel. And, you know, like men with handlebar mustaches and and like swimsuits that were the black and white stripes. Like, that's what I think of when I think of these Ordinaries. She was not talking about those because those were actually, not only were they incredibly unsafe and really suited only to very tall, athletic men, but they essentially prevented women from even getting involved in cycling for, like, decades, because how is a woman in all of those heavy clothes and all of the moral, like, rules and regulations of the day, how is she going to hoist herself up over that ginormous wheel? Yeah, let's keep
0: in mind that fashionable women at the time would have been wearing outfits that weighed about 25 pounds, and so... Getting up on top of this very unwieldy machine was pretty much out of the question. So thankfully, John Kemp Starley, who was the nephew of James Starley, who's considered the father of the British bike industry, don't you know, in 1885 developed this rover bicycle. And it was a really big deal because, you know, it didn't tip over Mm -hmm. like the ordinary or the penny farthing, as it was also known as. And he invented it not so that women could ride bikes, Mm -hmm. you know, but because, well, he was an engineer and he said, my aim was not only to make a safety bicycle, but to produce a machine that should be the true evolution of the cycle so i mean it was just kind of taking
1: technology a step forward for that and so what was the difference between the ordinary and uh starley's safety rover that he introduced well revolutionarily the wheels were almost of equal size can you imagine and there were cranks at the bottom bracket and there was an actual chain powered by pedals that then powered the wheel You, I just, it's crazy, the science behind all of this. Well, we might think of that, too, as some pretty rudimentary design,
0: but it was still a huge deal at the time. Although the tires that were on the first safety rovers were solid rubber that were wired to the tire rims, uh, Dunlop, this guy Dunlop, wouldn't come around with his pneumatic tires until 1889. But all of this technology is happening Around the same time, all these different developments, people Mm -hmm. taking these designs and improving and improving and improving until we get
1: something like the Rover that really looks pretty much like the bikes that we ride today. And the same year that Dunlop introduced his tires in 1889, the Starley Brothers also offered the Psycho Ladies Bicycle, and I found ads for it that were great, but I didn't find... Fill me in here if you if you found it. I didn't find an explanation for the for the name.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what's up with the psycho and the psycho lady's bicycle, but the design was different than the standard safety rover because it had something called a step through frame, which meant that the bicycle frame was low enough so that a woman in a long skirt could ride astride without having to hoist her, skirt up over her ankles. It was all about making sure that
1: a woman's ankles were not put on display. Oh, heavens. I think Psycho Cycles would be a great name for a bike shop. Somebody get on that. Well, so why were bicycles such a big deal to women? This is coming from an excerpt from Bella Bathurst's book in The Telegraph. I mean, it's kind of really simple if you think about it. Bikes kind of let women leave. (laughs) Yeah. Women could get out of the house. And, I mean, at the same time that all of this bike technology is happening, there's also a movement the uh, the rational clothes movement that we've talked about before where like let's get rid of our corsets or just get lighter corsets let's maybe get rid of these heavy skirts and wear oh my goodness bloomers so that we're not scandalizing anyone and of course everyone was still scandalized yeah and for those of you who have listened to
0: last week's boys of summer episode on Paul Poiret who was the fashion designer in France who was the first designer to popularize the no corset look. He was doing his no corset designs around the same time Mm -hmm. that the rational dress movement was going on, that the bicycle craze was starting to take off. So a lot of wheels are in motion, Caroline,
1: Uh for women at the time. Uh, Well, so, you know, we have during this period also, it's it's post-industrial revolution, and we have a rise in the middle class thanks to a rise in leisure time, basically. And so what does this new middle class as well as the upper class do with their leisure time? Leisure activities. Yeah. So we've talked about also, uh, as Krista mentioned, in regards to poré, we talked about how people were getting involved in things like tennis and things like that. Also cycling. And in 1894, Bearings magazine wrote, the safety bicycle fills a much needed want for women in any station of life. It knows no class distinction is within reach of all, and rich and poor alike have the opportunity of enjoying this popular and healthful exercise. So this was kind of a new development after a lot of people had protested not only for moral reasons but also like women are too dainty they shouldn't exercise and and get fresh air. And also by 1894 when that Bearings Magazine
0: article came out safety bikes were being mass produced which was bringing the price of it down because when bikes first came out they cost the same amount as a cart and a horse. Mm. So they they weren't cheap at first but once the craze took off there was this democratization to where Anybody could get their hands on a bike, but for women, though, there was that moral aspect that you mentioned, Caroline, and a lot of it was not just because you might show your ankles, mm-hmm. but simply because it would mean that women might be riding astride. <gasps> yes. I mean, if you were, for instance, a female equestrian at the time, you would ride side saddle. And some bicycles took a cue from that and had side saddle designs, which... Can you imagine trying to ride a bike? You can't get very far riding side saddle on a bike. That sounds incredibly complicated. Yeah, And so everyone was kind of panicking about what would happen if women were riding a stride because of the friction involved. There was a French expert at the time who said that this friction between a, a woman's lady seat and the bicycle seat would ruin the, quote, Feminine organs of matrimonial necessity. And so there was one company, for instance, that said, ha, huh, we have a solution. It came out with a hygienic bicycle seat that essentially had a vagina hole cut out of it so that you wouldn't make contact. So
1: no friction, no problem. I can't even imagine how uncomfortable just like a cut-out seat was. Yeah, it might be breezy. It could be breezy. Well, no, because you're still wearing all that junk. This is true. Well, so there were also crazy things at this time, like bicycle chaperones. You could basically rent a man to chaperone you on your bicycle so that you weren't raising any eyebrows. Yeah, some say that the uh, tandem bikes, the bicycles built for two, were built for that
0: reason, so that women would not have to go out on their bikes unaccompanied.
1: Yeah, but despite all of the movements and pushes for clothing that made sense on bicycles uh fanny erskine in lady cycling wrote some wise people say that corsets should be discarded for cycling and she's trying to set the record straight here people she says this is not correct there should be no approach to tight lacing but a pair of woolen cased corsets afford great support they keep the figure from going all abroad and protect the vital parts from chills Oh, make sure your vital parts don't catch chills. Um
0: the American Lady Corset Company was one of the, the companies at the time trying to jump on the bike craze but also make sure that women didn't get too wild with their bikes and so they offered a biking corset, and at one point, they had this deal in which they would they offered a hundred dollars of free bicycle insurance with every biking corset sold. That's a lot of uh, bike insurance for you know the 1890s. Yeah, it that's worth a lot. They really want you to wear those corsets. I wonder. I'm imagining though a biking corset being made out of you know like a like a lycra kind of. (laughs)
1: And it's neon. Exactly. And it wicks moisture. (laughs) Lots of lots of moisture wicking happening. Well, so also during this time, you know, we talked about Poré and his harem pants and how Amelia Bloomer came along and was trying to push bloomers. But really, I mean, it took a while for these types of outfits to catch on because a lot of people were just like, oh, it's scandalous. Mm -hmm. You know, it was the political women and the progressive women who really adopted everything. And a tricyclist. Yes, tricycles for grown-ups. Yeah. Very popular. They were big at the time. Very big, because you could still wear your hoop skirt, ladies. Right, They were literally big <laughs> were at the time. Literally giant. Um, so a tricyclist wrote to Tricyclist magazine, because there was a magazine for everything back then, and said the result of the adoption of such an outre dress would be that no lady either could or would ride and subject herself to the insults that such a novel costume would entail. So basically, I don't want people on the side of the road to yell harassing things at me when I'm wearing pants. But that tri- Cyclist was wrong. She was so wrong. <laughs> she was so wrong. And first of all, I would
0: like to meet the editor of Tricyclist yeah. magazine. I just imagine, I'm sure it was a he. Imagine he was a dandy fellow. Um, but yeah, it, it is fascinating to see how this one innovation of JK Starley's safety bike tied in all of these different elements all these political movements the the gender movement going on the fashion changes all this stuff swept
1: together in a bicycle right and i mean he was he was like we said just trying to engineer a better bike and in the process just finally got a lot of women Out of the house and outside. Although I would like to note that when the safety bike first came out, of
0: course, the penny farthing slash ordinary riders, you know, the the bikes with the giant, comically large front wheels made fun of the safety bikes, Mm -hmm. calling them dwarf machines, beetles, and crawlers. But of course, the safety bikers got the last laugh. Although they had to, would have to shake, like point their finger (laughs) up at the person riding by on the giant ordinary bike. But by 1897 there were more than 2 million bikes that had been sold in the United States. So the 1890s, this is when the bike craze is happening. And women's cycling clubs uh, were becoming more popular. And the thing about the popularity and the impact of the bicycle was that it effectively reached a cross-section of the female population. Because it became mass-produced, it wasn't just a thing reserved for upper-class women, even though it probably started as an upper-class leisure pursuit (laughs) and trickled down. But it, it happened in such a short amount of time.
1: And like we mentioned, a lot of these bicycle pioneers saw it as a noble cause. I mean, it was a lot of times aligned with the suffrage movement, Mm -hmm. women's rights movement. And even Elizabeth Cady Stanton said that woman is riding to suffrage on a bicycle. These women were making a statement, being out in the world, wearing puffy pants was a political statement.
0: And a little bit ironic that bicycles were seen as this kind of engine of Women's suffrage, because one of the reasons why bicycling became so immediately popular among men, along with other sports, was because alongside the rise in urbanization, there was this push for manly exercise for fear that these cityfied men were becoming too feminine. But I bet that you know those those early male biking pioneers probably didn't anticipate it being something that 20 years down the line, men and women would be riding alongside each other
1: yeah joining photography clubs yeah cycling clubs in
0: 1894 golden gate park in a sign of just how popular biking had become for men and women alike they opened a cyclery which i think was an indoor bicycling rink essentially but it had separate sitting rooms lockers and bathrooms for women because hey you know what
1: uh, just as many women were coming out to bicycle yeah. and tricycle supervised cycling yeah. how fun that must have been i'm sure it was liberating at the time yeah yes i mean imagine like i remember the feeling of riding a bike for the first time and it really did feel like liberation in a way yeah i would just go ride mine around the neighborhood for hours oh yeah yeah Let's get out of the studio and go ride our bike. Let's do it. I have a little bell. It really works. People get out of the way. <laughs> ding, ding. Well,
0: with that, send us your letters about your bicycles and tricycles. Send us pictures. Do you have an awesome bike? Oh, we didn't mention, too, that, and I know that some listeners will appreciate this, that those Stanley safety bikes, those very first bikes, they were fixies. They were fixed gear bikes. No brakes. Original hipster. They, yes. They, uh... Those 1890s cyclists were the original hipsters. (laughs) So with that, send us your emails. MomStuffAtDiscovery.com is where you can send them, or you can find us on Facebook or tweet us at MomStuffPodcast. And before we get to a couple of your letters, Caroline, let's take a quick break, and we'll get right back.
1: Kristen, I am super excited that I have Netflix because shows like Arrested Development, Felicity, I'm going to say it again, are available to watch at my command. Netflix streams TV shows and movies directly to your home, saving you time, money, and Hassle. That's right. As a Netflix member like Caroline
0: and I are, you can instantly watch TV episodes and movies streaming directly to your PC, Mac, or write to your TV with your Xbox 360, PS3, or Nintendo Wii console, N- also including Apple devices, Kindle, and Nook. Now, if you are a Stuff Mom Never Told You listener, you can get a free 30-day trial membership by going to netflix.com slash mom and signing
1: up. Right, so join Kristen and me on Netflix. Get your free 30-day trial by going to netflix.com slash mom. And now, back to our letters. Well, I've got one here from Janice about our
0: episode on magical movie makeovers. And she writes, wonderful job on the podcast as always. Thank you, Janice. Just wanted to remind you of the princess diaries and the lovely Anne Hathaway being made into a princess. Yes, good point. Um, And she said, also, Romy and Michelle's high school reunion, the, quote, business women makeover, taught them that you are at your most fabulous when you're just being
1: yourself that's right indeed uh, I have a letter here from Sarah and she was responding to a conversation we had in an advertisement oh yes she says when I heard you talking about binge Netflixing on Felicity this morning on my way to work I almost pulled over the car right then and there to email you I never watched the show when it originally aired so I'm catching up now I am totally addicted no spoilers no spoilers Okay, Sarah, no spoilers, but you're in for a treat. Okay. But there's a haircut that happens. There is a haircut, and then they had to make everybody at the WB sign a contract saying they wouldn't cut their hair. That's a real thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's why that happened? Yeah. Okay, we should probably have this conversation off the podcast. Probably. Okay. Anyway, so Sarah goes on to say, now that I'm here, I want to thank you for your podcasts. They regularly keep me company on my commute to and from work. I discovered you while pregnant with my now seven-month-old son, and you accompanied me through many long sleepless nights i know babies terrify you so i won't say more that's not true sarah much uh she says i love your stuff on parenting specifically anything that has to do with being a working mom i work full-time and my husband stays home with my son he also goes to school full-time as well it's nice to hear about other working moms and the struggle we all face leaving our children behind for eight plus hours at a time and then coming home for our second shift And she says, keep up the great work, ladies. I've just started watching your YouTube channel. What a crack up. Whoop whoop. Thank you, Sarah. I'm glad you're listening and watching. Yeah.
0: And uh, thanks to everybody who's written into MomStuffAtDiscovery.com. And also, don't forget to... Hit us up on Facebook. Like us there while you're at it. You can follow us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. We're on Tumblr as well at StuffMomNeverToldYou.tumblr.com. And you too should check us out on YouTube if you haven't already. We are at YouTube.com slash StuffMomNeverToldYou. So head over there and subscribe. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com